Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're in Haggai chapter 2, starting from 5 to 9. Let me read this for you. According to the covenant, now he, Haggai just got through saying that God is saying yet, be strong, be strong, work for I am with you. He's just telling the people to keep working, to be strong. Because they were putting together, a, um, they were trying to rebuild the temple. And it didn't look as good as the original temple that Solomon had built. So here we go. Verse 5, according to the covenant that I made with you, when you came out of Egypt, that's I am with you according to this covenant that I made with you. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet... Once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declared the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place... I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. So when when we hear those words, be strong, my spirit will be with you. This is according to the covenant that was given when you came out of Egypt. When you think about that, My study Bible says this is one of the strongest statements in the entire Old Testament about God being with us. My spirit will be with you. Fear not. You know, we've been talking when we've been studying 1 John, we were talking a lot about love. And being reconciled to one another, being reconciled to God. Those are strong, strong lessons to learn. I think probably love 
if you know I would humbly submit that love is probably one of the hardest lessons of all to love you know that Christ was teaching it's easy to let you know to hear that God loves you but it's yet another thing to love one another but beyond love I think an equally hard lesson to learn is to fear not I mean we are people programmed to want to be loved but in another capacity I think we are all in some way very much a fearful people whether you're scared of the dark or whether you're scared of poverty or you're scared of hunger or whether you're scared of health issues I mean we have a lot to be scared about violence being robbed fear not I mean two little words these are people who just by many accounts came out of captivity in Babylon they were prisoners they were captives they were exiled they'd lost everything I mean talking about post-traumatic stress disorder there you go talking about being on edge and still not knowing if you're going to be safe or not not knowing where food's going to come from Not knowing what's going to happen if somebody, heaven forbid, slips up and cuts themselves and gets an infection. Or has vision problems and can't see is good. There's always something. And the practical side seems to want to take over. Saying, look, you know, all of this religion is okay but we got to get food on the table and uh, people can say let's pray about it all we want but somebody's got to get out and do something now Haggai has been a very practical book up until now Haggai has been telling the people look There's work to be done and God needs you to to work and not worry. And in this instance, the work to be done is to rebuild His temple. Now, today, you can expand on that He needs you to rebuild His temple in your life. Your body is His temple. 
He needs you to build your own self up. Reading the Word of God builds you up. Praying strengthens you. The Word of God and prayer are probably the most powerful things that we've learned so far about building yourself up. There's work to be done. And He tells His people... Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do the work you need to do. You don't need to be afraid because I am with you. What a powerful message for us today. We'll stop here and continue our study in this great little book of Haggai tomorrow. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Haggai chapter 2, beginning at verse 5 all the way to verse 9. So from our previous study uh, yesterday, yes, uh, the people who had seen um, the first temple were greatly disturbed. And these were the old folks, the old timers, because they saw the second temple that, uh, that's Zerubbabel's temple that was being put up. And it actually didn't seem very impressive and could not compare to Solomon's temple as Solomon's temple was actually ornate and highly decorated. It was beautiful and gorgeous to look at. And God encouraged these people um, he told, he encouraged them and he said to them, be strong and work. And then he said, I am with you, which was very wonderful and they were encouraged. So at verse 5 where our teaching starts from, it reads, According to the word that I covenant, covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. So God actually now continues to actually encourage these people because he's telling them, be strong and work for I am with you. And he's telling them he is, uh, they should not fear. So God continues to encourage them along this same line. So, you know, even though the Shekinah glory had departed during the time of the first temple, and actually Dr. J.B. McGee suggested that, you know, this might have been about the time of... Manasseh's um, reign. Manasseh was a very bad king. And it was now just, you know, an ornate building. You know, because when the, the, the Shekinah glory left around uh, about before um, the temple was actually destroyed. So now it was just this, you know, beautiful ornate building that was standing there. And, you know, the spirit of God was not moving um, within it. So, um, it was, it was like deserted of God's presence to just, you know, like most of the churches, uh, church buildings that you find today, it's just, um, a big building that's just cold and, um, you know, the spirit of God does not move within the people. People are just there and they're just, uh, ticking off 
the calendar that they actually attended mass they're just going there for the sake of because it's sunday they have to report to church and they just uh you know they they're just practicing churchianity in short yeah and uh, religion and sacrifices so now god actually says to them my spirit is still with you so god was still with them so even though this new building that's what god is telling them this new building may not be as impressive as solomon's temple god's spirit was amongst them because god was saying i am with you so do not fear and this actually reveals to us the difference between the old testament and the new testament as to the ministry of the holy spirit in that day in the old testament um, the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit was amongst the people. And today, according to the New Testament, he is in believers. So if you actually love the Lord Jesus Christ and obey his, then you will be, obey his commandments and you will be indwelt with, uh, by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives in us. And this is one of the benefits of believers in Christ. So they had reason um they actually had no reason to fear and we have no reason to fear today as a child of God because God is encouraging these people, fear not for I am with you. And, you know, we have no reason to fear because if uh, God is for us, who can be against us if you're a child of God because he is with us. Verse 6, and I'll read down to verse 7 as well. It reads, for thus says the Lord of hosts once more in a little while, I will shake heaven and earth. Uh, the sea and dry land I will make sorry I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory says the Lord of hosts so now here we actually need to recognize that what God is doing here is he is getting their minds um, and parts and eyes all for that which is local and is very limited to that local situation it's very limited and you know he gets their eyes fixed on god's program for um the people then and um for you know like god has a program actually yeah he got their minds fixed on god's program um in the future as well yeah sorry so yeah we, we need to actually recognize like uh god what god is doing he is getting their minds and parts and eyes and everything um all for uh you know for that which is local for them to actually look beyond this is what the lord is doing he's preparing them for them to look you know beyond the future program of god so this actually extends all the way into the millennial kingdom and it's so easy for us to actually get the wrong perspective if we just concentrate on you know especially as christians if we just read this particular um um verse without expanding it and without understanding it, it's very easy to actually misinterpret it and understand it wrongly it's very very easy to get the wrong perspective of the christian life so um we actually get to focus on the present and we don't see anything else as Christians. Like, uh, you know, you just have tunnel vision and you focus on what's just in front of you. And, you know, you don't have, um, you know, a 360 view, a 360 degree view of um, what God is actually trying to say. So God's plan and purpose for our lives, we don't get to see it because we as Christians tend to focus on just what's there in front of us. And that's what these people are focusing on. And if you read this and if you don't, open up your mind and have a broader perspective um we will miss the point 
So we end up um, discouraged, just like these people got discouraged because of their pre their, their their situation. Then um, you know the de the day the debris of Jerusalem and the hardships that they were going through, and you know as Christians, if you just focus on you know what's happening right now, you just get depressed. You know you switch on the TV, you know, you listen to the news and it's just all sad news. There's war here, there's famine here, there's um, a pandemic here. You know, you open the newspapers and, you know, all you're reading about is what is wrong in the earth, in the world today. And it's just depressing because, so because we tend to just focus on our present circumstances in our lives, like COVID. Um, and, you know, I've heard people say, Oh no, you know, life's just hard. 2020 has just been the toughest year and, you know, everything's just not working out fine. Economies are collapsing because of this COVID situation. Um, because, you know, the world just came to a standstill, just shut down. And I've heard people say, you know, God should just come. Um, because there's so many economic hardships because we just tend to focus as, 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 you know, as people on the current situation. And for a child of God, all things actually work together for good. So we should learn to look at it at a broader perspective. So, um, and, you know, everything will work out for, for, for good and the good that's actually coming in the future. You know, we look forward to um, the coming of the Messiah and um, we have this blessed hope. Um, if we trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he will come save us and, you know, we'll have eternal life without all these issues and problems that we're currently facing. So it actually says here um, in scripture, he intends to, um, you know, to move. Actually, let me just read. It says here, according, uh, sorry, for thus says the Lord. Yeah, for thus says the Lord. That's in verse six. For thus says the Lord of hosts once more. In it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. So here he actually intends to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. So that is God intends to move in judgment. And the judgment is coming. Not this shaking of the earth that we've actually seen, the earthquakes here and there. When he says he intends to shake the heaven and the earth, he will shake the heaven and the earth, the dry land and the sea. So we will see that uh, now Haggai here um, is now moving forward, um, you know, speaking of the future and speaking um, of the great tribulation. That's the day of the Lord and the coming of Christ to the earth. That is part of the day of the Lord. And he's setting up for the millennial temple. So um, Haggai is now speaking, you know, will be speaking of um, the future. You know, here he says, I will fill this temple with glory. That's um, here at verse 7 where it says, I will shake all nations and all shall come to the desire um, of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory glory says the lord of hosts so here the way that the lord looked at it is um you know there was solomon's temple and then there was zerubbabel's temple and then um you know zerubbabel's, the zerubbabel's temple was actually torn down by Harold, and uh, then another temple called Harold's temple was built which was part of the second temple that was zerubbabel's temple and in this temple you know, the Lord Jesus Christ came in and not only once, so many times. And, you know, that was the glory 
um, the glory that's spoken of here uh, by Haggai, you know, the glory and the glory that is still being spoken of, you know, when the Lord comes again, he will come to cleanse his temple. So the glory was there in human flesh uh, because um, that was uh, Christ was God manifest in the flesh. And then after this, the temple was destroyed by Titus. That's in 70 AD before it was actually finished. That was Herod's temple. And from that day till today on that spot, no other temple has ever been built. So on that spot, you know, now there is a mosque and that's the mosque of Omar. And it's, um, you know, I think um, one of the, you know, one or two of the most holy spots for the Muslims. And um, obviously the Muslims will not allow anybody to actually come uh, in anywhere near and destroy their mosque. But um, there will be uh, later on, um, there will be built um, another temple and uh, that is the... You know the tribulation temple yeah um and after that there will be a millennial temple so when god looks at it you know he doesn't look at it like and sees you know so many temples like you know four or five temples no he looks at it and sees one house his house one temple it doesn't matter you know if it was solomon's temple Zerubbabel's temple uh herald's temple the tribulation temple or the millennial temple it looks at it as one house and you know even you know it's a series of houses but god sees it as one house uh, one temple and you know he says i will fill this temple with glory so he's looking at it as one house so he will shake all the nations um so there has been some shaking um on the earth you know, there has been some shaking, World War One, World War Two, earthquakes, you know, the, 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 the Great Depression, COVID right now, we're experiencing it. But all this is nothing compared to the shaking that is actually coming that the Lord is talking about in the future. And God says, I will fill this temple with glory. So the Shekinah glory will come with Christ when he returns to the earth. And this is, um, you know, his interpretation of um, this statement in the Olivet Discourse when he says, Then shall be seen the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And, you know, immediately after this, uh, in the next verse, it, it actually speaks of the glory of the Lord. So the glory of the Lord will be seen again in the temple. So his glory will come again in the temple. And he says, I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. So, you know, the early church fathers actually interpreted this, uh, the desire of all nations to, to be Christ. But, but really, um, this, this actually may not be true. Maybe it may be true, but, um, you know, if you actually like look at it and closely analyze it, this may, um, may be true that, um, you know, the world would like a deliverer. Yeah, they, we would like a deliverer, actually, somebody to deliver us. Um, but the world will not accept Christ. The world actually did not accept Christ, uh, our, our Savior. Uh, the world accepted the Antichrist when he came. And this is the, you know, the, the world accepted this as the world's Messiah, the Savior. And the world will accept him when he actually comes. And currently, you know, there is no desire in the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just not there. Um, you know, you have different nations, different countries, actually. Um, you know, they pass laws where um, you cannot even teach or talk about Christ in um, public schools and in, 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 um, in public, actually, and in, in universities and colleges. 
so um the world today has uh, no desire for the lord jesus christ but they will accept the antichrist because back then the the world that's the fleshly material materialistic world um and scripture goes on to read verse 7 and 8 says and i will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and i will fill this temple with glory says the lord of hosts verse 8 the silver is mine and the gold is mine says the lord of hosts so here what is the desire of all nations the desire of all nations you know the material world is silver and gold many nations that have actually gone off you know the gold standard um you know there has been uh you know the economic foundation and situation has has been affected as uh, there is still a desire for gold and silver you know our currencies are actually um even world currencies are actually um based on you know the value of gold you know um com- countries buy bullion and and things like that and that's the desire of the world so when the first temple was actually built they put in precious metals and jewels they put in gold and silver it was in the temple and it was very valuable and um you know if you ha- we have to value solomon's temple how much it actually costs it costs quite a lot of no- money like millions of dollars so and solomon had this gold and he decorated the first temple with it it's like solomon actually coined the gold market then and this was all taken away uh, by nebuchadnezzar so um you know nebuchadnezzar's ambassadors uh the ambassadors of babylon when they actually came to visit um thing jerusalem that's uh in the reign of hezekiah hezekiah showed them around and he actually showed them, you know, where their gold was and, you know, you know, all those, you know, the, the, their wealth, the, com- the country's wealth. And they actually did make a note of this. And, you know, when they actually went back, they told Nebuchadnezzar where all the gold was. And Nebuchadnezzar, that's why he was in a hurry to actually just uh, seize that and take all the gold for themselves. And, and, and he actually did. And Hezekiah had most of the gold. So it was taken into Babylon when they seized um the when they seized the nation. So when Zerubbabel's temple was rebuilt, there was no gold to put on and this is what some of these people were complaining and were weeping about because they were saying, you know, if you compare that this temple that we're building to uh, Solomon's temple, this is nothing. This is just uh, bad. So many of them that had seen the first temple, they actually wept because in contrast, this temple was nothing compared to Solomon's temple. Let me just read verse 9. It reads, The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So these people were told that, you know, there is to be a greater glory than that of silver and gold you know what nations the world the nation is desiring um and god says in the last days the temple will be redecorated so the silver and the gold will be plenty and it's going to be adorned on god's house so what he's saying here is it's not the glory um of this latter temple uh, but the latter glory you know that latter glory of this house uh, and it actually means um that um you know 
the 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 um, it's it's not the size of the house he actually he's looking at um it's um you know it's the glory that's actually going to it's it's it's, it's going to be a greater glory you know not the latter glory that was in the former uh, temple uh, in Solomon's temple it's going to be now a greater glory that's going to actually be in um the millennial temple and that millennial temple uh, that the latter glory of this house will be greater than um, the former so it will be greater than solomon's um, and the one that they were actually building the glory is going to be actually greater and bigger and in this place as scripture is written and in this place i will give peace that is you know the temple area and this temple area will bring peace on earth when Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes to this earth and his put you know, his feet will actually touch the Mount of Olives, then peace will actually come to this earth, and that's the peace he's actually talking about. So when he comes the first time when actually sorry, when Christ came the first time to bring peace, he came to bring peace to men of goodwill. That is men uh, rightly related to God who know that you know their sins are forgiven and paul in romans 5 verse 1 says let me just turn to romans 5 verse 1 it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ so the lord jesus christ is actually coming the second time to actually bring peace to the world so he is our deliverer. He's bringing peace to the world. And this here, um, what Haggai and the, the, the verses here, they look forward to the final days when the millennial kingdom is established here on earth. And these people um, were to actually see that the present temple uh, with the, you know, the, they, they actually had to look at the present te- the temple they were building, that Zerubbabel's temple, with the perspective um, of you know, the ultimate purpose of God. They, they were to look at it at, at, at a bigger picture, a broader picture. And this is how we should actually look at our present circumstances. You know, let's not be dampened and discouraged by our present circumstances, the hardships that we're going through. We ought to look at it, um, you know, on a wider perspective. And, to you know, we ought to look at it, um, you know, at a brighter perspective wider yeah and yeah wider and broader perspective so we ought to look at our lives today in the light of eternity in light of god's purpose for us today so let's not be overwhelmed by the circumstances um of the moment let's not be discouraged by the circumstances of the moment let's look to you know the future blessed hope um you know and the promises and um and and program of god that's coming ahead it's going to be more glorious than um you know compared to the little tribulations that we're experiencing here on earth so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in uh, god bless you all and have a pleasant day Bye bye